Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Hey guys, welcome back to Storytime Slayer podcast. I am your host, Haley Lira, and today we are going to dive into part two of the Jerry Brudos Lust Killer episode. Now, if you haven't listened to part one, I would listen to part one. But, I mean, you can really listen to them in whatever order, I guess. Like, do y'all thing. Do y'all thing. Before I get started, I just want to thank everybody so much for tuning in for t- tuning into Storytime Slayer podcast. Don't forget that I have a Facebook page called Storytime Slayer. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to get back on Instagram for story underscore time underscore slayer content as well. I think it's time to get back on the wagon. It's really hard for me to do Facebook and Instagram at the same time. I don't know. I just have, I got the soul of an old woman. I love Facebook. Okay, so thank you for being here. If you don't mind leaving me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere that you listen, and we'll just jump right in. So immediately after Jerry Brudos was arrested, his wife Darcy packed up a few things for her and her kids and she totally got out of Dodge. She moved back to be with her family, but while she was getting her life back together, she had the rug pulled out from under her. See, first her and her children were staying with her parents And for whatever reason, it was decided that the kids would stay with Darcy's parents and Darcy was going to live with her cousin while she got back on her feet. She had to get on benefits, um, government assistance. It was not an easy time in her life. Everybody knew who she was. Oh, I can't imagine. But as if things weren't hard enough, suddenly her kids were placed in foster care and she was arrested and charged with first degree murder because she stood accused of aiding her husband in the murder and disposal of Karen. Apparently, Darcy and Jerry's next door neighbor had her sister over and the sister said while she was visiting she was in the kitchen and she looked out the window and she saw Darcy helping Jerry move what looked like a woman's body it was eventually determined that this was a not a credible witness she couldn't have even seen into the backyard at the right angle no matter what to even see something like this so it was it was pretty much heavily disputed that she wasn't it it wasn't true however the big thing though is because Jerry had pled guilty to the charges all the sordid details of his crimes and his marriage were not known to the public but during Darcy's trial because she pled not guilty of course all the state evidence The manner in which he killed the women, you know, what their private life was like, everything was aired out for the public. I'm pretty sure that was the whole point in charging Darcy with first degree murder was, you know, the only evidence they seemed to have against her was the neighbor's eyewitness testimony that she saw Darcy helping move a body, possibly, and the fact that how does somebody's husband kidnap? rape murder um, and then mutilate these women's bodies in his workshop for hours and her have no idea right that's the big thing but she was ultimately found not guilty and I think once I kind of go over the history of Jerry and his private relationship with Darcy everything will kind of start to click together okay let's just jump right in 
So Jerry Brutus was born January 31st, 1939 in South Dakota. He was the second born and he had a brother named Larry whom his mom really favored. See, Jerry's mom never really liked him because she really wanted a daughter. And because of that, there's a lot of things that say Jerry's mom was she would belittle him, she would abuse him, but there isn't really any specifics on what kind of abuse. But ultimately, there was some sort of emotional and physical abuse from his mother, whom he was with a lot because his dad worked as a farmer a lot of the time. And so he'd work really long hours. So he was pretty absent from the home a lot. Um, when Jerry was about five, he was playing at a dump site. <laughs> That's so 1930s, 1940s. Like, oh, just let the five-year-old go off and play at the local dump. He was playing at the dump and he spotted a pair of women's high-heeled shoes. And he loved them. He didn't know why he loved them. Um, something, though, about women's high-heeled stiletto shoes really sparked his attention from a very young age. So he actually loved the shoes so much he took them home and his mom caught him, like, playing with the shoes she, he was wearing them. And she was pissed. She was so mad. She chewed him out. She tells him to take the shoes back. Um, he didn't. Instead, he hid them and he kept them secretly. And he didn't understand what the problem was, why it was so taboo, but he knew that he couldn't he couldn't let anybody know. So next year, he's in the first grade and he steals another pair of high-heeled shoes. But this pair, he actually steals from his teacher and he tries to hide them on the playground until he gets out of school and he can take them home. But another student found them and gave them back. And so Jerry ultimately confesses to his teacher and apologizes. But he could definitely tell that his teacher was pretty mad about it. So at this point, he knows, okay, it's definitely wrong to take women's high-heeled shoes. There's something shameful about it. But he doesn't quite understand why it upset his teacher and mom so much. Um, but he can definitely feel that it's wrong. And this is why he kept it a secret. It was very early that his shoe fetish was made a secret. And actually, that's what made it so much more fun. Like having this really woohoo naughty secret. And he doesn't even know why it has to be a secret. So in Jerry's home, sex was a really taboo subject. Mind you, this is in like the 1940s. Physical affection in their household is avoided just overall. No hugs, no professions of love, nothing like that. His mom was very firm and said to be very hateful. So Jerry had these really debilitating headaches. And those are the ones that I talk about in the first part of the episode where he will literally stay home from work and be in the worst mood when he has these awful headaches. They developed since he was a child, and doctors have been completely stumped. Like, they once got him glasses, but his eyesight was totally fine. They weren't even prescription. I think it was more of like they were trying to give him a placebo effect with the glasses. It was never, never really understood. He also got really sick, and it, and it's not really fully explained because I don't think Jerry really exactly remembers what happened. But as a little boy, he was basically bed confined for maybe about a year and he had a lot of surgeries on like his fingers and legs I think he had a circulation problem so during that year you know he has to stay in bed all the time and he's with his mom and his mom hates him I just think that probably has a lot to do with uh 
his reclusive behavior as he grew up. So let's fast forward. He was 16 when he had a wet dream. So, okay, side note, guys. I thought a wet dream was just like a sex dream. Apparently, a wet dream is when you actually orgasm or ejaculate from the dream. Okay, so important to know. Sorry, I know. Eh. Okay, so Jerry has a wet dream when he's 16 and his mom finds his sheets and she is livid. She like humiliates him and ridicules him about it. Um, So he's already startled and humiliated about the fact that it happened. And then on top of that, his mom's humiliating him too. So that's really crazy. This is when Jerry starts to get these really twisted fantasies, okay? He actually... When he was 16, he digs a tunnel in a hill on their farm, and that is where he started having these fantasies that he was going to kidnap a girl and put her in the tunnel, and she would have to do whatever he said. Like, he loved that idea of controlling a woman, I guess a girl, because they were teenagers. So next is when he starts stealing women's bras and panties. So he's about 16, and in case you were wondering, no, he never stole his mom's anything. He never wanted to. His mom didn't wear high heels. Um, and no way did he want anything from a woman like his mom. He hated his mom. He was after like a really sexy look. He liked sexy heels. Um, and his mom just didn't dress like that. His dad was a farmer. They moved around a lot. Um, so she just, you know, shouldn't have a reason to wear high heels and dress up and stuff. Now, Jerry had no intimate encounters with any girls all throughout his teenage years. In fact, at 17, he'd never even seen what a naked girl looked like. But he found a way. This is so weird. So in 1955, he stole an 18-year-old neighbor's bra and panties. And as some time passed, he goes up to the girl whose underwear and bra he stole. And he said, hey, you know, I can help you get those back. I've been working with the police as an undercover. Now, he's only 17. (laughs) And he told her to meet him at his house. So she comes to his house just like he planned, and nobody was home but him. When she got there, she said somebody hollered, I'm upstairs. And so she goes upstairs. But when she goes up there, Jerry has on a mask and is holding a knife. Now, she knew it was him. But she didn't know what he was going to do. So he's holding a knife up to her and he tells her to undress. And I think at first she thought he wanted to rape her. But then he pulled out a camera and she was relieved because she figured out, oh, he only wants to take pictures of me. So after he takes pictures of her, he runs out of the room, takes off the mask, and then he tries to pretend like, oh, Oh my gosh, what's going on? I was out in the barn. I thought I saw something and I wondered what all the commotion was about. She, of course, just like in the middle of getting dressed and she just gets her clothes on and she runs the hell out of there. She knew it was him. She knew it was him. So the next year, Jerry actually pulled an Ed Kemper. He offered a 17-year-old girl a ride. And when she got in Jerry's car, he started acting really weird. Like, She just needs a really short ride, and he started talking to her like they were on a date. And she did not go along with this little role play thing. In fact, she got really scared, and she just sat awkwardly while Jerry began to drive really fast. And he was just driving faster and faster, and he ultimately drove them into the country, and the girl became extremely frightened. Then when he thought that they were far enough out of town, he 
pulled the car over and he just starts hitting this girl. He just starts beating this shit out of her and trying to take off her clothes. So she's screaming and flailing and fighting. But luckily, a man and woman, they drive by and they see the attack. So they pull up and Jerry tried to tell them what was happening. He said that, oh, she's just scared because she fell out of the car. But the couple definitely were like, okay, this isn't right. So they make Jerry and the girl come with them to their house where they called the police. And I was so surprised that Jerry went with them. Like, this is a, you know, he's 17. He could damn get in his own car and drive off. But no, he did go with them willingly and they talked to police. And Jerry admitted what he did. And this is actually what got him in the mental institution that we talked about in episode one. So something really funny about this, though, is he actually got a day pass and he would go to school every day. It was a big secret that he was a patient and living at the mental hospital. He stayed at the mental hospital for about eight to nine months and doctors were completely puzzled and unable to truly diagnose him with anything. See, He'd never been alone with a girl, never kissed a girl, had no experience. Um, He was not below average on the IQ. In fact, he was pretty smart. He wasn't a drinker, a smoker, nor did he do drugs. Um, He didn't seem to exhibit any other behavioral issues, and they just didn't quite know what was wrong with him. So he completes his stint in the mental institution, and he ends up graduating high school and tries joining the military. Now, that did not last, though, before he was honorably discharged for having really bizarre obsessions. Apparently, he was having a dream that a woman was trying to come and have sex with him. And he hated the woman and he wanted to kill her. And he took this dream and it was reoccurring. And he told somebody about it, maybe like a doctor or someone in the military. And they were like, okay, we need to get this guy out of here. So... Jerry's 20 now. He's got to move back home. His parents only had a two-bedroom, which was fine, but his brother Larry decided to come home too from college, and so Jerry actually gets kicked out of the two-bedroom house, and he starts living in a shed on the property, which I think he probably preferred anyway because he wanted to stay as far away from his mom as possible. He would try to have as little interaction with her as time went on. I'm going to assume that she probably was like, oh gosh, a bully about all the weird things that he'd done and gotten in trouble for. So it was during this time period that Jerry starts stalking women just for the sole purpose of stealing their shoes. So he's in his 20s and he would want to steal their shoes right off of them if he saw a pair of shoes that he liked. The first incident happened when he spotted a woman wearing a pair of high heel shoes that he really wanted. So he followed her to her apartment. And when she was in the entryway, she realized someone was behind her. And that's when he reached up and choked her until she just fell to the floor and passed out. And he stole her shoes right off her feet. So this became a thing that he did. He did it a couple times, but he was 23 when his next major life event happened. He met Darcy. And now's a good time to clarify that Jerry truly did love Darcy. He had grown to hate all other women, which stemmed from the hatred he had for his mom. But he really loved Darcy. So she was 17 at the time. 
And people believe that Darcy was so easy to control because she had grown up with a very firm German father who was like head of the household. He controlled everything. And although it wasn't love at first sight, Darcy said that Jerry was really funny. He was a really, really great guy to her. He was a total gentleman, pulled out the chair, opened the door, said all the right things. And it was perfect for Jerry because Jerry always wanted a woman who would do whatever he said and listen to her. Remember the fantasy he had about the woman in the tunnel? He'd always wanted someone he could kind of dominate. So that combined with Darcy wanting to get the hell out of her house and have a family of her own, it just was the perfect combination. However, Darcy was only 17. Jerry was 23. I don't think her family was a big, big fan of him. So they came up with a plan that they would get Darcy pregnant on purpose, and then her parents would have to let her get married. And it worked. After six weeks, Darcy was pregnant, and the couple was married. Wow. So in 1962, they had their daughter, Megan, and here's where things slowly unwind with Jerry. Okay, so for one, Jerry was not a doting father. In fact, he did not show Megan any attention or affection, and he seemed really upset that she took up so much of Darcy's time. There was also the issue that Jerry wanted Darcy and him to strut around naked all the time, which Darcy did until Megan grew out of being a baby, and then she just wasn't comfortable with it anymore. She didn't want the infant to see them naked all the time. Jerry also didn't mind having sex in front of Megan, which Darcy had to put her foot down about when Megan grew out of being an infant as well. She was like, I'm not doing that. Jerry always wanted Darcy in high heels, always. And he liked her to look nice and dressed up no matter what, which Darcy couldn't wear heels though all the time because she had back problems. The weirdest thing at first for Darcy was how Jerry wanted to take nude photos of her. He would tell her how to pose, what to wear, and sometimes he even wanted her to put panties hose over her face, like over her whole head. So it would kind of, I don't know if you've ever seen somebody with pantyhose over their face, but it kind of distorts your face and your features. Um, That was something that came out in the trial, and Darcy said that she did it. She just did. She just did whatever Jerry said, so she took the naked photos, but eventually years into the relationship and after she had her second kid I think she eventually stopped and was like I'm not taking any more naked photos um and like I said she just maintained that she always sort of did what what he said because she always did what she was told and that Jerry would sometimes have really big spells of depression if she went against what he wanted and it just wasn't worth the trouble So much like Jerry's dad, he could not keep the same job for long either. Um, I mentioned earlier that Jerry moved around a lot as a kid. And therefore, when he became an adult, he kept the same pattern. He'd like work at a place for about a year and then he'd go get another job. Now, he was smart and he could gain employment easily. That was never the problem. Why they change jobs all the time, I don't know. It's so weird to me. So... In the last episode, I told you how Jerry broke into a woman's house to steal her shoes, but he ended up choking her, raping her unconscious body, and stealing her shoes and bra. So apparently, he did that during a depression spell that came about when he was unable to be in the delivery room for he and Darcy's second child. Darcy said that she wasn't comfortable with him in the delivery room. In fact, she told the hospital 
do not let him back here. I do not want him in the room. And her excuse for that was that um, she was afraid of what Jerry would do if he saw another man touching her, even her obstetrician while she's delivering a baby. Um, It's really odd to me that Jerry was really excited about his second child and he was not an at all excited about his first daughter Megan it's almost the opposite of his mom his mom really wanted a a daughter and she got a son so she hated Jerry and then Jerry got a daughter and he was like ugh. but then once he had a son he was overjoyed right so the whole depression spell this becomes a pattern for him Um, when he would get those debilitating headaches that inexplicably started as a child or go into a depression the only way he began to get relief was by stealing women's underwear and then it just slowly evolved and he would up the ante. So first it was stealing their bras and underwear and shoes. Then it's choking them and stealing their stuff. Then it's raping them and stealing their stuff. So he's evolving and that is what they say serial killers do. So how did Jerry get away with all these things? I don't think Darcy was crazy about Jerry, but I think that the time era just put her where she kind of felt like she had to put up with him he was a bit controlling he always wanted to know exactly what she was doing where she was going when she would be home in fact she had to give him a phone call warning when she was on her way home she was never allowed into his workshop and like I said she just went with whatever rules Jerry came up with because it was easier to appease Jerry than to see him going into a depression or get headaches I definitely think she learned early in the marriage. He probably, if she bucked against him or didn't call and just popped up on him at the house, he was probably unbearable. And so she just learned over time, like, fuck that. I'm not putting up with that shit. I'm just going to do whatever he says. He also would call her to make sure she was where she said she was or make sure that she wasn't on her way home and things like that. To me... I mean, there's a lot of things that he could be doing, right? Like, I don't think I would necessarily jump to murder either if it was my husband. I don't know. I couldn't see someone being able to tell me what to do like that. Okay. So there's a few particularly strange encounters that Darcy did have with Jerry, though. Um, Apparently, he never asked her to do anything sexually deviant or gross aside from the nude pictures. In Darcy's opinion, the nude pictures were kind of gross to her. But... One time he did come out of a, a, a room in their house and he was completely dressed in women's undergarments. Like he'd literally put on a bra, a girdle, pantyhose, high heels and stuffed the bra just to see Darcy's reaction. And Darcy was super taken aback. She said that she laughed a little bit um, just because she was so incredibly uncomfortable and it was super awkward. So Jerry just immediately went back into the room and changed into his regular clothes and they never talked about it again. A couple times she did find pictures that he'd taken of himself dressed up in women's lingerie and she doesn't know if he left them out on purpose for her to see and like continually gauging her reaction, but she would not take the bait. She just hid them like she didn't even see anything. One time, though, Jerry left one of the molds he made of a woman's breast, and she was like, what the fuck is this? And Jerry told her that he was trying to make a novelty paperweight, and dude, she just, whatever Jerry said, she was just like, okay, dude, whatever. Like, she didn't even question him. One time, she did go into his workshop while he was home unexpectedly, 
and he was developing film. And when she looked at the film, she saw it was topless women. And she was shocked. And she was like, what the hell is this? And he was like, oh, no, don't worry. A buddy asked me to develop the film, and I promise I will never do it ever again. And that was it. That was she just shrugged it off and just didn't go down there anymore. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is like as much of an explanation on how Jerry Bruto's wife was unaware that her husband was a murderer. She obviously knew he was some sort of pervert and likely did not want to know exactly what he was doing, especially given the time era. You know, fetishes weren't something that are so openly talked about and known back then. Um, They grew up in a time frame where physical affection and the topic of sex was pretty taboo in their households as children. So, ah, I don't know. But when Jerry was in jail, he did call Darcy and asked her to burn a box of women's clothing that he had. And she was like, why do you have this stuff? And he's like, oh, you know, it's just some old clothes I have. And he wouldn't really give her an explanation. But she refused to do that, and she packed up her shit and left. So, I mean, if she was trying to aid in the murder and mutilation of women, I just feel like she probably would have burned his stuff for him, burned the pictures, removed the evidence, whatever. So, anyway, after her arrest and trial, like I said, she was found not guilty, and she did manage to get back on her feet. Her children were permitted to live with her again. She changed her name and they moved on from the eight-year marriage and life that they'd had with Jerry Brudos. Eight years. Oh, man. Listen, guys, there's so much stuff out there about this case um, and about Jerry Brudos. Like I said, I read the book Lust Killer. It was so good. I totally recommend Anne Rule Books. And that is all I have. So thank you so much for tuning into Storytime Slayer podcast, part one and part two of the Jerry Bruto's Lust Killer. Again, he does make an appearance in the show Mindhunter. I've heard great things about that show. And I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.